Back up top, shot through traffic, save made, follow-up try, that one hits a body in front, and a score! It's a score! It's a score! And the Ice Bears have a 4-3 lead with 30 seconds remaining in the hockey game! Oh, what a hit! Welcome to the SPHL in Knoxville! Comes in on the right side, through the right circle, taking it and fed across, they score! Welcome to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey, fieldpasshockey.com and the Field Pass Hockey mobile app, which is available for free on the App Store and on Google Play. My name is Joel Silverberg. Field Pass Hockey has the best coverage of minor league hockey anywhere because they don't just cover the SPHL. They get the ECHL, the AHL, so you can follow your favorite players in the SPHL when they get called up, if they end up becoming a coach somewhere else, wherever they're going, Field Pass Hockey will follow them through their minor league hockey career in those three leagues. It's a great database for minor league hockey in North America. I encourage you to check it out, fieldpasshockey.com and the Field Pass Hockey mobile app available for free on the App Store and on Google Play. Uh, this is a really unfortunate episode to be doing, and I know that if you're an Ice Bears fan, it's unfortunate the Knoxville Ice Bears eliminated in the opening round of the President's Cup playoffs to the Roanoke Rail Yard Dogs, Knoxville Got a really big win in game one last Wednesday, four to one back in Knoxville, lost five to one on Saturday back at Roanoke, and then lost Sunday three to one back at the Knoxville Civic Coliseum on Easter. And so Knoxville season comes to an end. And obviously it's very unfortunate. It's very disappointing considering a the success that Knoxville had during the regular season, which leads to a lot of expectations and a lot of belief within the locker room and within the fan base that Knoxville had a team capable of going on a deep run in the postseason and potentially winning the President's Cup. And I don't think there was a single team in the playoff field that you could look at on paper and say that they were light years ahead of Knoxville. Obviously, with the Ice Bears being the number one seed, that's definitely the case. But even the teams that had winning records against the Ice Bears during the regular season, Huntsville and Peoria, Knoxville was consistently competitive against both of those teams. Two of Huntsville's wins over Knoxville back at the Coliseum were games that were tied in the third period. Knoxville went to Huntsville and won twice. Knoxville went one and three against Peoria, but had a third period lead against the Rivermen in all three of the losses. And so despite all that, Knoxville was able to overcome some of those defeats and still earn the number one seed. But it just goes to show Knoxville would have been capable that they had the team. They really did. Jeff Carr did a great job at assembling this team together and did a fantastic job of overcoming a ton of adversity when Knoxville lost Stepan Timofeyev to the IR and then lost Stephen Leonard, Andrew Ballant, and Dino Balsamo all within the span of about two days, uh, losing the other three guys to call-ups. Knoxville went on the road three days later to Huntsville and won that game with Brett Menton, Thomas Crabtree, and Ryan Ramage in the lineup. And, and no disrespect to those guys, but you're having to insert guys into the lineup in that situation, and Jeff Carr found a way to get his team ready to win. And that was with Evan Moisen net because Christian Stead was not playing that night and Jimmy Perito was up in the ECHL. And so you, you look at everything that Knoxville accomplished this year in SPHL record 42 wins, which honestly, I, I don't know if that will be broken anytime soon because the SPHL did have three teams this season reach the 40 win mark when it only been done once ever. That was by Peoria back in 2019. But 
The SPHL also had two teams this season that set the record for the fewest wins in a year. The, the previous record was a tie between multiple teams, uh, which was 11. Well, Macon had 10 and Vermilion County had five. So, you know, it's unlikely that you're going to have two teams that struggle that poorly, which means you're not necessarily having more teams take advantage of getting wins against those other teams. And so it, it's just unlikely that you're going to see a team do that again in the near future. And it could happen. I mean, you've got, you're, you're talking about 56 games. You got to win 43 of them, but Knoxville set a record and it was a great season. And unfortunately the ice bears got hit by the injury bug really hard. Don't want to use that as an excuse, but obviously Knoxville's a much better team when Rasmus Wax and Engback and Stefan Brucato were in the lineup and both of them suffered injuries on the last weekend of the regular season against Evansville Wax and Engback on Friday, Brucato on Saturday. And that's just a huge blow to your team. And despite that, Knoxville played a really gutsy game, probably one of the most hardest working efforts I've ever seen from any team in my eight years of doing this when they beat Roanoke in game one on Wednesday. Knoxville was blocking shots. Jimmy Parita had a fantastic night in net. The Ice Bears were making big physical plays that allowed them to fight off big flurries of shots from Roanoke and eventually got timely goals when they needed them. And the Ice Bears were able to play their style of hockey to a degree. And Roanoke, credit to them, they came back and had guys step up and make big plays. And in a lot of ways, it was you know players that were kind of added to the roster a little bit late in the year. Garrett Sargis, who had spent most of the season in the coast, and Sammy Bernard, the former Ice Bear, who was picked up later in the regular season to replace Henry Dill and ended up getting the nod over Austin Rodebush when he kind of struggled through the month of March and Bernard ended up starting all three games and gave up two goals in the final two games of the series and made some big saves and Knoxville had a little bit of bad puck luck and the Roanoke Railyard dogs came away with the win and now they're going to go take on Huntsville in the semifinals. And it's an unfortunate ending, but I, I think it just goes to show that that's the nature of the SPHL. Knoxville's not the first number one seed to lose in the first round of the President's Cup playoffs. They're not going to be the last. They're not the first one seed to lose to an eight seed. And so it, it doesn't make anybody feel any better. I, I think I can speak on behalf of the players, the coaches, the staff, the executives, the owners, when you know everybody is really bummed this week. I think everybody feels that Knoxville had the team. It's going to be a long offseason just because everybody's excited and anticipating the the eagerness of wanting to get back out there for October but it's a unfortunate reality that you know if you you have a two rough nights your season can be over and Jeff Carr said that in his post game press conference and said you know we had, we had a bad 120 minutes and that's our season and it's unfortunate to lose in that fashion and I think for Knoxville it was a matter of just getting off to a slow start in game 3 Roanoke scored twice in the first five minutes of that third game on Sunday. It was one-to-one the rest of the way. Christian Stead made some great saves after replacing Jimmy Perita after that second goal. And then Stead, the only goal he gave up was on a breakaway attempt. So Knoxville had a couple of chances, couldn't put him home. Roanoke did a really good job defensively at taking away the slot, which is where Knoxville loves to be able to find some prime real estate. The Ice Bears couldn't get much of a net front presence. And, and that's actually where Wax and Engback comes in a lot. It's tough to win wall battles when two of your most physical forwards, Wax and Engback and Brucato, aren't in the lineup. And, you know, commend the guys that went out there and tried to battle. I, I thought you saw 
Jared Nash and J.B. Baker trying to get in there and be physical. It's a little tough to do that when you've got some bigger defensemen like C.J. Valerian and Travis Armstrong able to fight for Roanoke. Anthony McVeigh on one sequence, you know, shrugged off three hits while carrying the puck up the right wall, tried to come out of the quarter and then just had his shot blocked when he was able to try to find a spot off the far end of the crease. You, you just saw guys trying to make plays when Knoxville did not have its full complement of players available. And and so obviously the frustration is there because you look at it and say, well, this wasn't the team this week that we saw a month ago. That's because it wasn't. Knoxville had Waxenang back in Brucato a month ago. Knoxville wasn't banged up. Knoxville wasn't having to play short at the beginning of the postseason. Knoxville did not have a full lineup. They didn't have the players available because Brucato and Waxenang back were out. J.B. Baker was still on the IR for game one and Taylor Stefician was still suspended. Knoxville did not have enough bodies on its playoff roster to actually field a full lineup. They only skated with 15 skaters in game one and still came away with the win. And so it's it's not the ultimate reason that Knoxville lost, but you, you definitely point to it and you definitely miss Waxenang back and Brucato when you're talking about two big games against a really physical team in Roanoke. And so Knoxville, unfortunately, just misses out on what I think would have been a really great opportunity if the Ice Bears had won, they would have faced Quad City in the semifinals and the Ice Bears would have had home ice advantage. And they were 3-1 and one against the Storm during the regular season. And nothing's guaranteed, as evidenced by what we saw in Week 1. But I think a lot of fans definitely, and the players, definitely felt confident about their chances they could have found a way to move forward. Anthony McVeigh hit the post twice in Game 3 and Knoxville lost by two goals. Knoxville came close. Sammy Bernard made some big saves early in the first period. Knoxville had a couple of chances on the power play. It, it's just unfortunate. And there's really nothing specific that I think you can point to to say this is why we lost. There were a lot of factors that contributed to it. Roanoke also had a lot of reasons as to why it could have potentially lost. You know, Roanoke was really terrible on the power play. They did not threaten on special teams, and they gave Knoxville a ton of opportunities. And, and so it's not like Roanoke played this flawless series, but for games two and three, they were better than Knoxville, and they had guys step up and... Bernard made some big saves. So it's not even so much a matter of, well, we blew it because of this or Roanoke won it because of this. It's a, a, a collection of things that ultimately Roanoke was able to take advantage of. And that's the nature of the the sport of hockey. And so uh, you hate it for the guys. And I, I will say this, I've, I've never seen a locker room more somber after the final playoff loss than what I saw with the group of guys on Sunday. Um, I've never seen a team more heartbroken over losing in the postseason than what I saw on Easter. Uh, that group of guys truly is different than any other team that I have personally seen over the last eight seasons, and that includes the championship team in 2015. This really felt like a special group of guys that really cared, were playing for each other. Um, there were you know, a lot of apologies being thrown out, guys apologizing for not executing on a breakout or, or not making a shot or, or missing a pass. They just all the little things that guys were holding on to. Um, every player individually, it felt like, was taking responsibility for that loss. And I can assure you, last year that did not happen after Knoxville lost to Pensacola in Game 2 of the semifinals down at the Bay Center. This was a team that really cared. This genuinely was a team that believed in each other, cared about each other, a lot of these guys were going through things off the ice, some good, some bad, but it was a very adverse, emotional year for Knoxville. 
They accomplished so much. And I'm not going to sit here and make excuses. It, it's certainly disappointing. It's a really bitter end, and it's tough to swallow when you're the number one seed and you lose in the first round of the playoffs, especially to a team that you beat five out of seven times during the regular season. But I, I would just request that the bitter ending should not take away from some of the other things that this team accomplished this season. Look, we would trade the, I think the entire organization would trade the regular season title, all the individual accolades, the all SPHL selections. The, the guys would trade all of that. I know Coach Carr would trade his Coach of the Year award if it meant winning through the next two weekends to hoist the President's Cup. I have no doubt in my mind. Uh, there, there, I have heard stories from past teams, both in Knoxville and just around the league and in other leagues, where you know it, it's something that happens, and I'm sure that people have heard it in all sports. But I've, I've heard thoughts of, well, we didn't win it because we had some guys that were in it for themselves and weren't in it for the team. There really just wasn't anybody like that in that locker room. At least not to my not to my knowledge. And I did not get the feeling from any of the guys that I spoke to after the game on Sunday. It was a very emotional, heartbreaking scene to see these guys, the investment that they had put in. This truly was a special year. And and not just because of the regular season success, that definitely added to it. And that's one of the top headlines. And it's one of the most fun things about this team. Uh, but this was a really fun group of guys. And I really hope that you know, fans and people around the league alike can all remember that with Knoxville's 20th anniversary season because this was special. To come back from the pandemic year, from only being allowed to have 1,500 fans in the building to then being allowed to have full capacity crowds again and having a, you know, having multiple sellouts throughout the year, but especially on fan appreciation night, the last game of the regular season where Knoxville's playing in front of a full house against Evansville in a game that honestly, ultimately did not mean anything. It, it was a game where if Knoxville had lost, it still would have been the number one seed because they had clinched it the night before. Now, the all-time wins record was still on the line, but Knoxville had technically already claimed that. The only difference is they would have shared it with Huntsville, who had the same number of wins. And, and so it was great to get that, but it, it just it's unbelievable to see the passion and the support that the Knoxville community has given to this organization over the last two decades. Because across the SPHL... You look at all the other cities, and that there are some great towns with some great fan bases in some great places, but Knoxville is the only SPHL city that shares a town with a major Division I athletics university with the University of Tennessee. You've got Mercer down in Macon. You, you've got schools in Roanoke. You've got, uh, you, you know, you've got schools up in the Quad City area. You have the University of Evansville. You have Bradley University in Peoria. You've got West Florida down in Pensacola. You have some fine institutions and schools that have had you know some athletic success. But when we're talking about prestige and program and all that, Knoxville has to share the city with the University of Tennessee and with baseball, football, basketball, softball, all all these great sports. And yet, the community still finds time and energy and investment to support this organization. And we really cannot do that without a passionate fan base. And that's what the Ice Bears have. And it's such a great place to work. It, it's I'm sure for our players, it's a great place to play. Uh, for the the journeymen of the league, they've often talked about how it's, it's so difficult as an opponent. It's really nice when you're a home player in Knoxville. 
And so on behalf of the Ice Bears organization, I, I think I can speak for everybody in the front office when I say thank you so much for you know, returning through the pandemic and coming back and supporting the team. Um, and I can assure you that there is not a single player in that locker room that did not want to win a President's Cup. And on Saturday and Sunday, it just wasn't their weekend and their season's over. And a lot of guys are bitter about that. And the guys that are coming back next year, they're going to stay bitter through the offseason. And so uh, it, it's, you know, there's no way to justify it. There's no way to make anybody feel better about it. Players, coaches, fans, staffers, anybody. Uh, but this truly was a special year. And we hope that it can be remembered for the things that were accomplished uh, despite falling short of the one thing that everybody really did want to accomplish. Uh, and so speaking of accomplishments, Jason Price has been announced as the SPHL Defenseman of the Year. Uh, so I'm talking to him next uh, to close out the podcast. Had a great time talking to Jason. Always do. He always handles himself like a pro. And we've got some announcements for you coming up on the other side. So my conversation with Jason Price coming up next right here on the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey. In the slot, looking, shot, scores! Whoa, yes, an overtime game winner gives Knoxville a 3-2 win on the road. This presentation of Knoxville Ice Bears hockey can also be heard while you're on the go via the Field Pass Hockey app. Read articles on your favorite team, view photo galleries, listen to live games and podcasts from across the AHL, ECHL, and SPHL by downloading the app, now available in the Google Play and Apple App Stores. I appreciate you listening to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey, fieldpasshockey.com. And very pleased now to be joined by Ice Bears defenseman Jason Price. And as of about an hour ago, Jason is officially the 2022 SPHL Defenseman of the Year. So, Jason, thank you for joining me. Congratulations. Uh, have you, have you, I'm assuming you've heard the news by now, right? I hope I'm not the one breaking it to you. Um, yeah, thank you, Joel. Um, yeah, I did. I, I received a couple texts here uh, within the hour. So, um, I was aware, I was made aware of it through text. I wasn't really following anything, you know, kind of going about my business at the moment. So who who was the first person to let you know? And I know that obviously you were an all SPL selection, so you all SPHL selection. So I know you probably had an idea that there was a chance it was going to happen. But how did you first yeah. hear about it? A uh, text from Jody Mullen, my friend Jody Mullen. All right, good deal. So uh, what what does that mean to you? Uh, after you, you've obviously had a, a great career, you've had a lot of accomplishments. I know you would have traded this in for a President's Cup title this year without a doubt, but to just take a moment to reflect on what you've accomplished individually this year, what has this season meant to you? Uh, it's, it's meant a, a lot, a whole great deal. Honestly, uh, I put a lot into this year uh, to try to have a good year. You know, when the year started, this is uh, what I told my wife that I wanted to happen. And uh, everything, you know, has fallen into place. Like you said, unfortunately, we fell short. But, but yeah, as far as my personal goal, you know, I, I hit it. And uh, I'm pretty proud of it. You were you were a runner-up for this award back in 2016. You you're no stranger to the All SPHL team. You, you've you've been in this situation before. This is not. I don't want to call it a breakout year because that's really not what it is. And we all knew you were capable of doing this. But uh, yeah. I, what is it like to be able to kind of finally just check that box off in terms of your individual career accomplishments? Oh, definitely. Uh, it's it's pretty important to have that. You know, for doing it for a while and uh, you know getting that close to it. It's you know it's special as a player. You know, you strive to be the best out there and everything you can be for your team. And, you know, uh, I felt I did a pretty good job of accomplishing that this year. 
And over the, the last couple of seasons, it's, it's obviously been very different for you. You're, the 2019-20 season just gets cut short because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And then last season, yeah. you're serving as an assistant coach. Over the last couple of years, was there ever a time where maybe you were a little concerned that you weren't going to get the opportunity to play again? Yeah, possibly. You know, I mean, depending on where the career went. And, uh, you know, being on the bench last year it was a great experience. But, you know, I still felt... Uh, you know, I was missing a little bit as far as playing. And, you know, like you said, the way the year before that ended, it just didn't seem right. Um, and, you know, luckily I had a chance to come back and do it again. And you kind of you, you showcased a whole new variety with, with your skill set this year. And you're no stranger to scoring goals and contributing offensively. You're the SPHL's highest scoring defenseman ever. But you got loose on a couple of breakaways this year. You scored a game-winning <laughs> shootout goal. You were blasting uh, goals from the blue line on the power play. Like, where where did yeah. all this offense come from for you this year? Did you just spend a lot of time no. during the offseason working on your shot? You know, unfortunately, I can't say yes, I did. No, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just uh, things just came together. We had a really good team, you know, and uh, you know, a lot of my uh, production comes from my teammates. It really does, you know. Like as far as assists, you know, creating plays, they're getting to the right areas too, and. You know, coach frees us up a little bit at times to be able to get in the play and get up there. And, you know, when you're hearing that, it's kind of exciting to get up there and make things happen. Yeah, there was one weekend when you guys went to Pensacola back in February. You guys scored two power play goals, uh, one on Friday, one on Saturday. You did it the exact same way. It was really funny talking to your teammate, Dino Balsamo, because <laughs> on Friday he tried to tip your slap shot from the blue line and he missed. And fortunately, the puck went in. And then on Saturday, he did tip it. And yep. it found the back of the net. So, it, I don't know. It just seemed like things were just working for you guys whenever, yep. whether you got the tip or not. So, what was that like, being able to have all that success on special teams? Yeah, it's good. You know, uh, I like being in that spot and uh, having the opportunity and, you know, being the one distributing and making plays. Because once you start making plays, finding guys, you know, they got to think twice. And then you get some room out there to do some work yourself. Obviously, it, it's always tough whenever a, a season doesn't end in a championship, and and I know that you're always disappointed any year that that doesn't happen. You've obviously gotten to experience success and win a championship as a player and a coach before, mm -hmm. but it, it just felt in the locker room that this year it was a little bit more somber than some of the past seasons that we've seen in Knoxville. What what made this year so much more difficult to not win a championship as opposed to years past? Um, you know, I mean, we all really felt that we had a special team and, uh, we're looking forward to special things and, you know, it, it all just, it happens so fast. And when it comes to an end like that, you know, you're just not prepared for it. And, you know, you don't really think like that, like we're wired to win and that's what we do. And, uh, you know, we had bigger plans for this group. Unfortunately, it's extremely hard to, to do what we wanted to do. And, you know, we couldn't get it done this year. When you think back of, you know, obviously every team has something about it that makes it special, but when you think about this particular team and this particular group of guys that you've gotten to play with over the past year, what's going to stand out and make the 2021-22 Ice Bear squad unique? I mean, all the wins, for sure. I think uh, the ways that we won, you know, this team just knew how to win. Um, there's something to be said for teams that, that know how to win. You just don't win. You learn how to win, and and we did that, and, uh, you know, it's a good sign for a team. And, and just the effort from everybody to make that happen was key, and that's, that's why we had our success. And for you, the amount of time that you've spent in Knoxville and through the pandemic, shortened season, so a, a longer off season before you guys got to play again, 
Last season, with you being in Pensacola, it was capacity crowds in just about every rink in the league. And, and so you get to come back this year as a player, and full capacity crowds are welcome back at the Coliseum. What was it like playing in front of a packed house in Knoxville again? Yeah, it's, I mean, there's nothing like it. Honestly, there isn't that place. It's, it's got so much character. The ice sheet is different. The fans are right up on you with the little retaining wall there holding everything up. And, you know, it's a loud building, and the people are extremely passionate about their team. And it's, you know, how can you not get going with something like that in front of you? And you've had the chance to obviously play four different teams, but you've obviously been an opponent in, in every league, in every rink in this league. So what, what makes Knoxville, I guess, what separates the, the Ice Bears fan base from everywhere else in the SPHL? Uh, you know, the passion that they have for their team. Honestly, uh, they're extremely passionate about what they're doing out there and how the team's looking. And You know, I'd say that's the biggest thing, the passion that they have for their team. A final thing out the door, it's, you know, obviously you guys are wired to win, as you said. You guys took this incredibly seriously. I know there's not a single player in that locker room that didn't want to win it all this season, but you guys still had a ton of fun this year. You guys had a had a, a bit of a clowns with each other at times, and uh, you pulled a bit of a prank on the rookies when we went to Birmingham back in March, uh, <laughs> telling the bus driver to stop the bus. I want to I just let you tell this story for the uh, podcast listeners here. Yeah, so I learned this uh, back when I was playing in Quad City in the IHL. And, yeah, you know, uh, there's a tradition where we honk twice uh, after a win on the road on our way out. And, you know, when it first happened to me, I, you know, I was, you just don't expect it. So, so what happens is, you know, you talk with the bus driver first to let him know to stop the bus just so he doesn't get, you know, uh, kind of scared. But <laughs> you just kind of wait. And then uh, once you get rolling a little bit, you just kind of run up and, make it pretty loud and I can be pretty loud out, you know? So, uh, I was just yelling, you know, oh, 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 stop the bus, stop the bus, stop the bus. And the faces on everybody was uh, pretty funny. Uh, they had no idea what was going on. And then, you know, rookies packed the bus as well. So I asked if uh, the rookies packed the two points and then that's when we get the two honks from the bus driver. And then everybody, you know, gives a nice little hoot and we go a little wild. So who would you say among the rookies on that bus were the most freaked out when you uh, started calling out the rookies to make sure they packed everything? Uh, you know, there, there were a few of them. Maybe Nasher, uh, I'd have to say. He, uh, he kind of stuck his head out a little bit and said, Pricey, man. I didn't know what was going on, man. So, uh, yeah, you know, I remember that one for sure. But all the guys said uh, they had no idea what was going on and, like, you know, got a little scared for a second there. <laughs> Well, Jason, it's it's been a lot of fun. Obviously, we would have loved to have been playing for another two weekends, but congratulations on, on all the success that you and the team had this season. It will be remembered for a long time. And then congrats to you again on all the individual accomplishments and uh, just wish you nothing but the best during the offseason. Uh, thank you, Joel. I appreciate it. And same to you, man. Thanks for everything you do for us. Always enjoy talking to Jason Price. And it's been a lot of fun. And, he, and he's done some great things this season after – taking really a year and a half off because of the shortened season the year before for him to come back and accomplish everything that he did. And he was confident that he could do it, but it's pretty cool to see. And he, you know, I think when you look at some of the stats and really break them down, you know, that plus 46 rating is really impressive and it led the league by a long shot. And then you also look at his offensive contributions. Well, he had half of his points this season came on the power play. So you don't get a plus for that. So not only was he contributing on special teams, but he was out there contributing offensively in great ways for even strength performances. And and he was actually good on the penalty guild too. When you look at, you know, he had a shorthanded goal this year. He had a, a really 
solid pass that led to Anthony McVay getting a shorthanded goal. You know, he had some great stretch passes that set up breakaway chances. And I, I just think that it's been really cool to see that Jason at 37 years old has been able to continue playing at the level that he has. And so really appreciate Jason's time uh, and appreciate him taking a moment to talk about uh, the individual accolades. He doesn't really like doing that a whole lot. Uh, you know, he would have, I tell you again, he would have traded it, the all SPHL first team selection, the 42 wins record, the defenseman of the year award. He would have given up all those things in a heartbeat if, you know, it, it would have meant playing two more weekends and, and winning a president's cup title. So that's my conversation with Jason Price. That will do it for the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey. And want to take a moment to remind everybody, Wednesday night at Union Place Bar and Grill at 5 o'clock, the players are going to have an end-of-the-year party, a fan event. It's going to give everybody a chance to come on out, take pictures with the William B. Coffee Trophy, and say goodbye to the players and just kind of honor this team for what they've done. So it's a bit of a, a fan appreciation event an end-of-the-year wrap-up party. It's going to be at Union Place Bar and Grill on Chambliss Avenue in Bearden. That's been the host site for the Ice Bears Road Game Watch Parties. Appreciate their partnership all year. But that is going to be Wednesday night from 5 to 7, and it, it's just a come-as-you-are event. And so we want to just invite everybody out there. Um, if you have any materials that you would like to get signed by the players, feel free to bring those, um, and a Sharpie as well, I guess. And, and so feel free to come on by and take advantage of that. And and so we'll have a good time and, you know, say goodbye to these players for the last time before they head home for the summer. And hopefully we'll see most, if not all of them back in the fall. And, you know, it's tough in this league because there's usually a lot of roster turnover for different reasons. Guys, you know, move on to other things. Some guys get into coaching. Some of these guys are going to have opportunities in the ECHL because some of them had them this past year. And it wouldn't surprise me if some of these players ended up getting to do that again I mean, heck, Jimmy Perita had a, a cup of coffee in the AHL this season. So these guys are, are going to get their shots in other leagues. And so maybe they'll be back next season. Maybe they'll be called up to bigger and better things. But I'm very excited to see what this organization does moving forward. It's been a fun 20th season. Thank you, everybody, so much who has listened to the Ice Bears hockey broadcast, who has come out to games at home and on the road uh, what the fans did for the bus trip to Roanoke. And we really appreciate Olympus Car and Coach for making that happen. Just making the atmosphere so incredible for a road game. Uh, wish we we could have you know doubled that up with a win. But having the fans lined up along the concourse as the Ice Bears came out for warm-ups and just the, the, the chant right there, despite the fact that it was a small contingency of Ice Bears fans compared to all the Roanoke fans that were in their own building, uh, you guys made a deafening. And so you guys deserve a, a pat on the back for that. And hopefully when that happens again in the postseason next year, we can, you know, compile it with some wins. And that's definitely the key. And it is every season. So thank you again so much for all the support throughout the season. Um, we'll continue to keep you posted on happenings throughout the offseason. And again, that fan event that's happening at Union Place Bar and Grill Wednesday night at five o'clock. Uh, so be sure to come on out and enjoy some time with these players before most of them head back home for the summer and the off season. It, it's going to be a long wait until we get back to October, but it'll be worth it when it gets here. Uh, we're going to raise a banner. That's another thing on opening night. Knoxville did win a championship this year in the sense of winning the regular season title and the William B. Coffee Trophy. Uh, so you know, Knoxville may not have gotten the ultimate goal, but it's not like the Ice Bears are empty-handed. So be sure to be on the lookout for the schedule when it's released during the summer because Knoxville is going to be raising a banner on opening night and that's going to be a lot of fun for Chili's 21st 
birthday party. I'm Joel Silverberg. Thank you again for listening to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey. 